Hello, thank you for listening to this sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allow you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. There was a small boy at church on a Sunday morning, walking through the foyer, looking at the display of names that were on the walls. The pastor was watching him. Eventually the child turned to the pastor and he said, Pastor, what are all these names? pastor looked at the small boy and said, Son, these are members of our church that have died in service. The little boy turned and looked up at the pastor and said, Is that the first or the second service? No disrespect intended on this weekend, but uh, that joke struck me as funny. What a powerful name it is. Ooh, 1104. The name of Jesus, by which even the devil must flee. Powerful name. So we are going over a two-week series on the names of God. Like I said before, you could preach every week on one name or two weeks on one name individually, and it would last you almost a year. So, I do not remember where I left off last week. So, if you'll bear with me, if I repeat something that I have said or share something that I have shared, just bear with me. Let us start with prayer. Father God, you are the great I am. We thank you for this privilege of coming together. We thank you for the mercy that you showed in the gift of your son. Jesus Christ, the name by which we all are saved. There is no other name under heaven in which salvation is found. Today, Lord, let your name be raised. Let you be praised. Let us walk out of here changed, renewed, with a deeper understanding of who you are and what you would do in our lives. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. God. Hello, hey. Now, let me start by this. Some of you here may have a better grasp of Hebrew than I ever will. So if I mispronounce something, please do not throw fruit. Uh, I am doing my best. <laughs> so, hello, hey, mazi. In the Psalms, that is the God of my strength. Or even better translated, the God who is my strength. He is known as Elohe Yishi, the God of my salvation. And Elohe Tehilati, the God of my praise. He is known as Yahweh, O Senu, the Lord our maker. Every single person in this room, every single person on the face of this earth is created and made in the image of God. You are special. You have a purpose. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that you are an image of God. The power of the Lord Most High, if you are saved, reigns within you. 
Isaiah calls him Elohe Misfat, the God of justice. Now, I shared with you last week how I sat in a pew that used to be there and was angered by my cancer. I shared all that with you, how mad I was. How could God dare let me go through that? Well, Elohi Misfat, the God of justice. Only he has that right. We must be careful when we do not understand. It's okay to ask why. I ask why a lot. But we must be very careful. We are not judge and jury over God. Only God has that right. Only God's plan. Only God knows his plan. We do not. That is where faith comes in. There's a reason and there's a purpose for everything in God's timing and not ours. I shared last week, I don't know why some people are not touched and healed and some people aren't. I don't know. But I know God has a purpose and a plan. When we were in West Virginia, there was a family. They lost their son in a motorcycle accident. I believe it was the Hartleys, James and Elise. Parents should never have to bury their child. Never. But being able to grasp the understanding and the blessing of the years that they got to spend with their child. He was 19, 20, somewhere in that area. Mid-20s? Okay. I'm glad she's here. Say 25. They were blessed with him for 25 years. A blessing that had God not blessed them with that child, they never would have had. Is that an easy thing to do? No. But God had a purpose. In Jeremiah, he is known as Elohe Kol Bethah, the God of all flesh. He created not just things in the heaven, but life on all earth. He is also known as Elohe Mikarov, the God who is near. The God who is near. What does that sound like? Emmanuel, God is with us. If I shared this last week, forgive me. We attended church at the Alliance Christian Center in Alliance, Ohio. Wonderful church. And we had a men's group, an accountability group that would meet every Saturday morning. We would meet in the auditorium and we would break into groups of two or three people in each corner. And I know I've shared this with other people and I've shared it yesterday actually with, with counsel. But as I sat there praying, man, I heard a voice plainly and clearly in my head as if someone was standing next to me, whispering in my ear. And that voice said, you need to pray for Chuck Eagley's back. I have a huge imagination. So I sat there and I said, God, you know me, I'm messed up. If this is you, I really need some kind of confirmation. I don't wanna go over there just on my own imagination and do something stupid. Please confirm this. I no sooner got done praying that prayer. 
Then a man named Tim Hahn came over, put his hand on my shoulder and said, I thank God. I think God wants us to pray for Chuck Eagley's back. That was an amazing experience of the faithfulness and the goodness of God. He was near. He spoke to me. Just as he speaks to all of us. The key is, are we listening? Are we willing to listen? Are we willing to hear? And are we willing to do? Because when he speaks and when he's near, we don't always hear what we want to hear. But in faith. Is, faith, is God good? Is God faithful? If he tells us something that yeah, really sort of goes against our grain, are we going to do it? Do we trust in him enough to do it? God is always near. Ezekiel calls him Yahweh in Kadesh, the God who makes holy. Judges calls him Yahweh Shalom, the God of peace. They also call him Elohei Chaim the God of life. In the Old Testament, he has all sorts of names, many more than this that reveal his character, reveal his nature. But are they the name of God? The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah. Manoah was the father of Samson. And he promised that Samson would be born. We read in Judges chapter 13. Then Manoah said to him, what is your name? So that we may honor you when your words come true. Why do you ask me my name? The angel of the Lord said, since it is wonderful. Most scholars believe that the angel of the Lord spoken of in this verse is a manifestation of God Almighty. And also known as a theophany. A clue to that is because Manoah said, we shall surely die because we have seen God. Jacob had a similar experience. In Genesis, we read that Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not defeat him, he struck Jacob's hip socket as they wrestled and dislocated his hip. Then he said to Jacob, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked Jacob. And the man asked. Jacob replied, I'm sorry. Jacob replied, he replied, your name will no longer be Jacob. The man said, it will be Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he answered, why do you ask my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob named the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and I have been delivered. In Zechariah 14, we read that on that day, Yahweh will become king over all the earth, Yahweh alone and his name alone. This is a prophecy, a prophetic word, speaking of the return of Christ. Colossians, we read that speaking of Christ, that he is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn over all creation. 
For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and by him all things hold together. On that day, the incarnate son of God, God the son, will be king and ruler over all the earth. He will be recognized as the one and the only true God. And that day, his name will be worshipped. Warren Wearsby in his commentary states that after the nations have been punished and Israel has been purified, the Lord will establish his righteous kingdom and reign on David's throne. His reign will be universal. He will be the only God worshipped and his name will be the only name honored. On that day. That day was coming. God had revealed his character and his nature little by little by his names and his interaction. And one day a child was born. And an angel said to a man named Joseph. Hey, even though your wife Mary is with child, it's okay. Marry her. This is going to be a normal child. Matthew, she will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save their people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son and they will name him Emmanuel. God with us. Jesus means that God is salvation. God is our deliverance. God with us. Emmanuel. In John 8, 56, we read, Your father Abraham was overjoyed that he would see my day. This is Christ speaking. He saw it and rejoiced. The Jews looked at him and replied, You aren't even 50 years old yet, and you've seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, I assure you, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus said, I am. Eya asur eya. I am. The very words that were spoken to Moses. I am. He began working miracles among his people. He turned water into wine at a wedding. He was Jehovah Nisi. The God of miracles. He was more than a man. He was more than a prophet. He was more than just a figure of a religious movement of a religion. He was Emmanuel. He opened the eyes of the blind. He healed all manner of disease. He was Jehovah Raphetcha. The God who heals. Mark 5. A woman was suffering from bleeding for 12 years. She had endured much under doctors and she had spent everything she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Having heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his robe. For she said, if I can just touch his robes, I'll be made whole. This woman had tried everything. 
had given everything, was bankrupt. Not only of money, but I think she was bankrupt of hope. But somewhere in her heart, there was a stirring of the spirit. And that spirit told her and confirmed within her that that man is not a man. That man is God. It grabbed her and it pulled her to him, knowing that he was her only hope. He was the answer. And there were crowds all around him. I'm sure she had to weave in. Any of you been to a concert? Any of you tried to get to the front of a concert? That was her getting to Jesus. I'm sure pushing and prying and pulling, trying to get as close as she could. And then finally, finally being able to reach out and just touch the hem of his robe. And then in Mark 5, 29, we read, Instantly, her blood ceased. She sensed in her body that she was cured from her affliction. And at once, Jesus realized in himself that power had gone out from him. He turned to the crowd and he said, who touched my robes? And his disciples are standing around him going, "Ah, there's all these people around here. How are we supposed to know who touched your robes? He was looking around to see who had done this. And then the woman knowing what had happened to her, came with fear and trembling and fell down before him. Told him the whole truth. Daughter, he said to you, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be free from your affliction. Jehovah Nisi, the God of miracles. Jehovah Rothesha. The God who heals is none other than the same name that is a name above all other names. The name at which in time every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the Lord of Lords. I'm speaking of Jesus. In Mark 4, 37. A fierce windstorm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat. So the boat was already swamped. But he was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. So they woke him and they said, teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? This man got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, silence, be still. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you fearful? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked one another, who is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. This is the God who made the heavens. This is Jehovah Shalom. The God of peace. He spoke to this raging storm. I was in the Navy. I've been out on the ocean. I was in a boat that was smaller than an aircraft carrier, smaller than a destroyer, but bigger than a frigate. I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but that's where we were. And when we were in a storm, we got tossed about a lot. 
in our bunks, you basically had seat belts that you could strap yourself in for extreme foul weather. In this boat with Jesus were his disciples. Some of those disciples were professional fishermen. Some of those fishermen had been fishing on the Sea of Galilee for probably their entire life. They had seen weather. They had seen severe storms. And yet, this storm was so bad, they feared for their lives. That had to be quite a storm. And Jesus rose. And he stood calmly and spoke calmly, I believe, in the face of the storm. And he said, stop. Silence. Be still. Peace. Be still. The wind stopped. The seas became calm as glass. The rain that was pouring stopped. The clouds probably broke and the sun probably came out. I don't know what storms are in your life. I don't know what fears, anxiety you have. I don't know what struggles you're going through. But I know this. That there is a God that can calm a storm with one word. He can give you peace and he can calm the storm in your life. If you trust him. Jesus is Jehovah Shalom. There was a blind man that came to Jesus and he formed clay from the dust using his own spit. I believe in the Garden of Eden, he formed a man out of clay. So he said he made some more clay, rubbed it on the man's eyes. It doesn't say eyelids, it doesn't say eyebrows. It says eyes. I'm a literalist. Maybe he put it directly on his eyes. And he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Guy went over there and he washed. He could see. He was blind. His eyes did not work. But Jesus, Jesus, Jehovah Osenu, our maker, gave him new eyes. There was a leper that came to him, a man that was unclean, a man that was unholy under Levitical law, a man to be shunned, to be kept outside the city, a man that could not be touched, a man that could not touch his own family. Anything that he touched became unholy. But he came to Jesus and he fell at his feet crying, Lord, if you will, Make me clean. He didn't say, can you make me clean? This is really important. He said, if you will make me clean. There was no doubt that God could. There was no doubt that Jesus could touch him and make him clean. It was, was Jesus willing? The power was there and he recognized it and he knew it. I am sure that as he drew close to Jesus, there were so many people that backed off, not wanting to be anywhere around him, knowing that if they touched him, they too would become unclean under the law. Leprosy was a terrible disease. It kept you from your family, 
kept you from the temple of God. It kept you from the feasts of Israel. It kept you from worship. The very worship that we partook of this morning in song, the worship we partook of in communion, the worship that we partake of right now as we delve into the word of God, that man was unable to partake in. But there at that moment, that which was holy touched that that was unholy. And that that was unholy became holy. Should have been the other way around. When that leper touched Christ, Christ should have been, become unclean. No. That which was holy touched unholy and made unholy. Holy. Jesus is Jehovah Im Kadesh, the God who makes holy. Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha and a friend of Jesus, he died. Jesus arrived on the seed and the family's like, hey, you are way too late. We buried him four days ago. And by now, he smells. Smells of rotten decay. But Jesus said, roll the stone away. I can only imagine the stench that probably came out of there as he's standing in the opening. What I find interesting, and this is just my own personal belief. He said, Lazarus, come forth. What if Jesus had only said, come forth? I firmly believe that everybody within hearing Everybody in that graveyard would have rose, would have been revived, would have been made whole and walked out of their tombs alive. And that's why he said Lazarus, one particular person. He is Elohe Chaim, the God of life. He is the resurrection, the God of life. He told John in Revelation, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of hell and death. The name Elohe Shaim, the God of life, is none other than Jesus the living Christ. They brought to him a woman that was in the act of adultery. They told Jesus, that according to Levitical law, she should be stoned to death. Jesus is the God of justice. He is Elohe Misfat, the God of justice. She should have been stoned. So he said, okay, all ye without sin, cast that first stone. And ashamed, they all turned and eventually all walked away. And only Jesus remained. Jesus, without sin, had every right to pick up a stone and stone this poor woman. But he, Elohei Misfat, the God of justice, was also Elohei Seloshat, the God of forgiveness, the God of mercy. Go and sin no more, he said. 
He is known as Elohe Elohim, the God of gods. For when he speaks, demons tremble. Demons flee. Demons are held in bondage and angels obey. He could have called 10,000 angels. Last but not least, Jesus was at the house of Simon the Pharisee. Simon did not wash his feet when he came in. He did not anoint him. He did not greet him with a kiss of friendship. They were sitting, eating, discussing, I don't know what. And a woman enters quietly. Silently, she approaches Jesus. She breaks open an expensive jar of perfume, pours it upon his feet. Anointing him when Simon did not. Using her tears, she washed his feet. Simon did not. She dried his feet with her hair. She knew who this man was. The Pharisees did not. She came to worship and to praise him through this act because she knew that he was Jehovah Tehilati, the God of my praise. I don't know about you. And again, four years ago, I sat there angry, refusing to worship and praise. But today, I'm a little bit wiser a little bit smarter and I will never withhold my praise of God because he is Jehovah Telati the God that is worthy of my worship and my praise if there's something in your life holding you back let it go let it go there's no name under heaven except through Christ through which we can be saved Jesus, Jesus, the wonderful name of Jesus. Please bow your heads and close your eyes. Again, I don't know what's going on in your lives. Only God does. But I pray with all my heart that whatever it is, you recognize and you allow the spirit to open your eyes to it, that it is not that big that God can't deal with it. He is the healer, the miracle worker. He is the great I am. He is the God of forgiveness, the God of mercy, the God of justice, the God that is worth all your praise. Is he all that to you this morning? If not, then I pray that you let him open your heart to him and you get things right. Father God, thank you for this day that you have given us to worship together. Thank you for your son. Thank you for the revelations that you have given us, not only through natural creation, but Lord, through your word and through the names that you have allowed us to know that testify to your nature and your character. Thank you. And in your blessed and holy name we pray. Amen.